0: Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jay Ritter.
1: Morning, everyone. Um, coming to you live from Naples. Again, another beautiful sunny day, but extremely cold and very high wind. I'll be talking about the weather in a little while. This morning I'll be speaking to Joe... Conga?
0: Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jay Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: As I said, it's absolutely freezing here. And I have woken up with a sniffle. (laughs) Um, My nose is quite runny, and I hope my voice will last this hour. As I said in in my intro, um, uh, this morning I am speaking to Jo Gakonga. Many of you in the ELT world will know Jo. She has been working in ELT for about 30 years. Um, she's worked in private, in state, um, in, from primary up to masters in TESOL. She's, um, got an incredible wealth of experience and is also a really, really lovely person. Um, she's a CELTA trainer and assessor, and she has a fantastic website, uh, which links you to Um, YouTube videos, which are really, really useful for teachers at all levels. I can see she's in the studio and I'm just going to unmute her. Hi. Hi Good morning, (laughs) Jo.
2: How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. It's my good evening, but good morning to
1: you. (laughs) It is indeed. I'm terribly sorry. Yes, I was just, I was thinking about you quite, um, quite a lot last night. for those of you who are listening and don't know, Joe is currently in Australia, um, and, and it's there, raining. There a is lot. a there is a big, <laughs> big, big cloud. Um, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's in Brisbane, and she just said, words. "Normally storms come in and out because they watch they watch the weather quite a lot in certainly up in in Queensland because it changes every sort of five seconds, mm-hmm. but." apparently there is this massive cloud of rain and it just isn't moving. It
2: isn't moving. It's, it's been raining for a week and it's due to rain for another week. It's just, I looked on my weather app and it's just rain, 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 <laughs> rain 90%,
1: 80%, 90%. No, it's awful.
2: I mean, it and really it, is. And there's terrible, terrible things happening up the coast. People are flooded out. So
1: much stuff it's
2: ruined. ruined.
1: Yeah. really difficult for people. It's, um, it's a very strange time. It, it's actually Ash Wednesday. I don't know if you um, – I always I associate think I, 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 <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I think my son's – he's into waffles at the moment, so he actually made waffles, oh. not pancakes. But I think back to Ash Wednesday in 1983, because I'm from Melbourne in Australia, and it was – there were massive bushfires oh. on that day, and you know, thousands and thousands of hectares of land was burnt. And I can remember being at school and looking out the windows, and the sky was just bright orange. It was like the world was was coming to an end. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I you know, do kind like of it. Yeah, weird,
2: doesn't it just so much awful? Obviously, this stuff and yeah, what's happening in Ukraine is just unspeakably horrible.
1: Indeed. Yes, we were reflecting on that last night at dinner um, with my with my little son, who's actually it's really interesting talking to children about it and their reactions. We caught him <laughs> watching Zelensky's speech while he was having breakfast, and I thought that wow. was that was quite um, quite motivating. And, and he's obviously curious. We were just thinking, you know, we 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 feel like we're coming out of COVID and things are finally. Getting better, and imagine if you were sitting there having your Sunday lunch and talking about your plans for the summer, and then the next day, your life has completely changed. It's really completely, completely changed.
2: And yeah, I was in the I was in Kiev about well, it was just before COVID. I've been there twice: once for the um, CETA conference for the Celta Trainer Conference, Mm. you know, um, in two thousand eighteen, and then I went back just before just before the pandemic to do again for work mm. reasons and it's a beautiful city was a beautiful city mm. and such a yeah you know, an extraordinary place it just seems unreal completely unreal
1: no, that, no.
2: Uh, have a tanks on the streets
1: I went. I went there a couple. Oh, it's not a couple of years. It must be about three or four years ago, and I was just mm. astounded. Apart from the mm. food, oh my god, great <laughs> food, um, <laughs> yeah.
3: and really lovely,
1: really lovely people, and yeah. very, yeah. very, very, very proud to be mm-hmm. Ukrainian. <laughs> it's yeah. not. Um, anyway, I don't know how it will end. I do hope that something. Positive will come out of this. Anyway, over to you, Joe. Um, you have ha- you you are all over the world. You're very very international. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about your ELT journey? Uh,
2: yeah, well, it, as you say, it started a long time ago. 1989, I started teaching, and. And it, it was part of a sort of a travel thing, you know, I, I have loved, I think my, my father used to travel a lot and come back with pictures of places. And so from a young age, I was, I was interested and I went originally to Samoa to work after I graduated and then New Zealand, Australia. And then, you know, I went up into Southeast Asia and did the, the usual sort of hippie trail thing <laughs> um, and was just blown away by Indonesia. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> And you didn't really want to go home. And then I suppose it was Asia generally. It was so different and wonderful. And the people were nice. The food was great. And, um, and it was just so interesting. And so I was running out of money. And somebody said to me, oh, you can go to Taiwan or Japan and teach English. And I said, I have a degree in agriculture. And they said, <laughs> oh, it'll be all right. Don't worry, just go and um so you know to my chagrin now because I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend that path to to people um that's what I did and I was really lucky I got a job in a school which was phenomenally supportive um and started teaching English and just loved it absolutely loved it it was just so much fun I couldn't believe I was being paid for it <laughs> so uh you know just remember wonderful wonderful classes so I went uh Back to the UK after about six months and did a CERT course and then went via Spain and tried Spain for a, a month in pretty awful school and ended up hightailing it back to Taiwan where I stayed for another year hmm. and learnt a lot and had a, a really great time and then I thought ironically I thought you can't I, th- I thought it was about Taiwan but I'd been away for about four years by this time and I from the UK I thought it was about time I probably went back and um Ironically, I thought, you can't teach English in England. It's not a proper job. And uh, (laughs) so I went back and I did a PGCE. I did primary school PGCE Um, and thought that I would teach in primary school and did a couple of years of primary school. That was a year in Switzerland with with really little kids, three to five-year-olds, and that was lovely. And then I came back to the UK and did a proper year in a proper school with year eights, and just, oh, I was completely annihilated. (laughs) It was really, really, you know, I've been obviously learning some things from you about uh, about classroom management with young children, (laughs) which I really probably should have known then. No, well, I really, you know, I think that the PGC actually did me a big disservice. I'm sorry, this is a bit off the track, but um, I... Was, we were really given the impression in the training that if the children are engaged, they won't be trouble. It'll be fine. And for the majority of children, that's true. Mm. But it's not true for all children. There are some children who just don't get on very well at school and who are, you know, it's really difficult to engage. And the range of abilities in a class of 38-year-olds was enormous. Yes. And yeah. I was so out of my depth completely out of my depth and it was you know I, I just found it really difficult
1: actually I hear you I hear you I so um, I can. do I can yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've obviously talked about this um aside from yeah no but the, I yeah. think there has I've, I've seen quite a lot of criticism of PGCEs in mm. terms of the training that is delivered mm. um one of our um another um radio speaker Kalida does Talks quite a lot about you know the quality of training, and it is something that that needs to be addressed, particularly for the younger age range. Um, yeah, we say and engage, I think I but <laughs> enough support. I mean,
2: because that, I mean, it is true. There was you know, and I tried, I really tried hard. I was working so hard, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I never felt as if I was on top of it all, and, and I felt great responsibility. I think that was different as well from, coming from. Sort of private, it, yeah, a private ELT, language institution yeah. with um. adults. Sort of doing ELT, they were paying to be there. Most of them, or maybe their parents were, but mostly I was teaching people who were paying to be there. So they were pretty motivated, mm. and you know, and I, I would do obviously the best I could for people, and and you know, I kind of have this image of laying out a smorgasbord of delicious. <laughs> a, a, a delicious um education for you but if you choose not to eat it as an adult who's paying for it well that's your choice you know yeah. yeah but it was different with children because you know i was here i was in state primary school i kind of felt they will never have year four again this is their chance and yeah. you know if i blow it i have a real responsibility for their future and so i felt you know a lot more responsible from that point of view and it Scared me, frankly. So there were all sorts of reasons why I found that really hard. Um, and then, for kind of romantic reasons, I came to Australia to to marry somebody, and um, fell back into ELT because I couldn't get primary school work here. And I fell back into ELT, and I went in the first morning to twelve <laughs> motivated young adults from all over the world, and we, you know, had three hours of language teaching and it was a blast and I came out at lunchtime and I thought this is what I do mm. why on earth did I think I could possibly do anything else this is my home yeah um in terms of being in the classroom with you know, with, with that kind of learner I, I just I just enjoyed it so much so I stayed and um I did the diploma there. It was it wasn't even Delta then because it's that long ago, and um, yeah, state. What was it called? It was it
1: was called D Tefla, I think. D Tefla, yeah, that's right. because I was. I was Pilot Delta. There you ah, go right. That's, well, I that think is a long time ago. We must have done ago. it almost
2: yeah. the same time then because I was the last year of the DTEFLer. <laughs> so, so we must have done it just about at the same time.
1: For our listeners who, who um, perhaps aren't understanding what we're talking about, we're talking about the Diploma in English Language Teaching. Um, Cambridge has two qualifications, CELTA, so Certificate and Diploma, and they did, they did like to change names um mm, cambridge yeah. likes to change names of things quite
2: regularly they really i've do. noticed <laughs> <laughs> cambridge assessment cambridge english cambridge i don't know you
1: just it's now it's cambridge it. cambridge university press and assessment now yes so have merged <laughs> <laughs>
2: so um yeah so so that's sort of how i've got back into elt and did my delta as a saying um really just got more interested in, in in kind of felt okay this is my career this is what I do and I went to Prague went for council for a bit and uh, and to Kenya and and then ended up back in the UK uh, married and with small children and working in a college state college
0: mm-hmm. where
2: I'm in London for about a year and then back up in Birmingham for 13 years so working with uh, ESOL students, refugees, asylum seekers, migrants from all over the world and with lots of different needs so that was really interesting and every year it was different because you'd get different cohorts of people and I had different challenges given to me so it, it was a really rewarding time And I think especially it was a very good job for me with young children
4: mm-hmm. so I
2: had a young you know three boys during that time and I, I worked 0.5 I worked half time all that time yeah and so it worked really well with the children, and being able to, you know, be mum and and be and have a job and have a different hat, and not only feel like mum as well. So that I think was a really positive. It was really, yeah, a really positive career move for me. It was great actually, oh. and I had a, a nice job, nice colleagues, uh, very supportive. Rachel Roberts was my boss at the time; <laughs> she employed me. Wow. Um, so I was working with her and a lot of other great people. And then I did a master's degree, so the, my youngest child started school and I decided I had a bit more time, wanted to do something. So then I did a, an MA at Warwick University um, for two years, part-time, which was brilliant, and I just loved it. And three years after I finished that, they offered me, well, I, I, I applied for and was was offered the, a job teaching on the same MA that I'd done wow um, uh, so uh, so that's when I got started working at Warwick and and it was doing the MA that really got me into the online world I hadn't really done anything with that before but Russell Stannard who of Teach training videos, if you mm. you know of him very very
1: famous yes <laughs> yes
2: so uh, he was my tutor for a uh, a module in my CT and he was very inspirational very very inspirational so he kind of opened that door and made showed me I mean I, I think I, I pushed open the door myself and walked down the path but he showed me that door very very much it was you know I, I owe him a debt of gratitude for that um, and yeah and so my master's research was in pr- producing an online course and that's what led to the website and and that's sort of grown over time until yeah last year, that became my primary income. Mm. And and it's meant that I can be wherever I want to be, which meant that we spent three months in Greece and Italy last year. And now here we are in Sydney, in the rain. Yes.
3: In the rain. I'm
1: really sorry about that. Sorry. Right, I mean, you're, um, for those of you who are listening, um, I think you were really ahead of your time, Joe weren't you? Because... Your, your videos, certainly um, as a CELTA tutor, I find mm. um, they were extremely useful, particularly for flipping the CELTA classroom. Yeah, um, jo you. has a series of, of videos on YouTube which support um, English language teachers in particular. Um, she also has two online courses for teachers, um, grammar and um, teaching grammar I'm communicatively. A few. Uh, yes. um, <laughs> well, tell me I, about I, them. Sorry, uh, no, thought... that's All right. There's there's
2: there's grammar for language teachers. There's concept checking. There's lesson planning made easy. Language analysis made easy. Um, inspirational ideas for teaching online and commu- grammar teaching grammar communicatively. So six paid courses, and then I've got about another six free. Courses as well, including the CELTA toolkit, which is, as you say, a lot of methodology, all sorts of classroom management, teaching grammar, teaching vocabulary, teaching skills. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a couple of other things that are things about applying for CELTA or how to do well at it. And um, another one that's quite popular called communication activities, which is lots of short videos about, um, it does what it says on the tin, really, communication <laughs> activities. So they're, they're all... Five-minute videos or shorter, giving you uh, an activity to take into the classroom that requires very little preparation and gives learners lots of practice in speaking, usually speaking.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much there, and also you you make a video every week and and share that too, which is, yeah. um, I if if anyone's interested, they might want to sign up for Joe's newsletter, which comes on a Sunday morning, and it's lovely. Um, with great ideas and suggestions. It's a good Sunday morning read. <laughs> oh, thank, you. thank you.
2: I did it on Sunday mornings because I don't know if you remember Scott Thornbury used to uh, write a blog called The A to Z of ELT. Stop writing it now, but the blog's still there and it's, you know, the, the archive's there. It's really worth a look if, mm. you, if any of you listeners haven't haven't seen it. Um, and he's always used to come on a Sunday morning and I really enjoyed Getting up on Sunday morning was a good time to get up, and you know it dropped into my inbox, and it was always interesting and thought-provoking. And yeah. So I thought, yes, yeah, Sunday mornings a good time. That's that's a nice time for people to.
1: No, oh, I think people uh, look forward. People look forward to it. Well, <laughs> so it's I've a very good read, people maybe yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> would get too excited about it. <laughs> Woohoo! It's Sunday morning. <laughs> Oh, wait, gonna wait, write to where's me.
1: joe's email yes, <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> probably my junk folder <laughs> i suspect you know coffee or croissant or not having to go to work probably probably uh, uh, higher on the list my email but but some people seem to like it so that's nice
1: yeah. i think there's also i also follow you on um i follow you on instagram you have the digital nomad which, yeah. which does sort of show your, your incredible life. You know.
2: Well, yeah, I started, I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, gone a bit by the by. I keep thinking I might I might revive it. It started when we went to Greece and we were having such a nice time. And, and also I'd never really done anything for Instagram before, just a, a little tiny bit. But I thought I'd like to learn how to do Instagram Reels. Mm. So it was really a a dual purpose thing. It really didn't have very much in terms of, marketing the things that I that I sell um but it was just a bit of fun and I did enjoy it and I did it all on my phone so it was very easy to do it all on my phone I'd film on my write the script on my phone film on my phone edit it on the phone put it up on Instagram on the phone so it was quite a different experience for me than how I would normally do things in terms of making videos so yeah it was Quite informal, and I quite liked the the freedom of that. Really,
1: mm. tell me about your your video. Um, uh, for those of you who are, are listening, I actually completed Joe's uh, voice course. <laughs> Joe, would you like to tell people a little bit about I, it, and then maybe really we can talk about, sure, about it sure. further?
2: Yeah, so I suppose uh, this has been on my mind for. Um, you know the last couple of years that, particularly since the pandemic, of course, you know, so much went online. And for example, at Warwick, you know, suddenly they said all of your lectures have to be online, they have to be recorded, not they can't be live online, they've got to be recorded because of different people different time zones. And so, everyone was suddenly struggling to make video. And some people, you know, like myself, had got a fair bit of experience at it at that point. I've been doing it for sort of, eight years um and some people had never done it before at all and the quality of what was being produced was you know because of that variable um Mm. and and not just that but a lot of people were struggling you know were feeling a bit out of their depth and I thought well actually this is something that a lot of people are being asked to do when they perhaps don't feel comfortable doing it um and also with the sort of the you know, everybody sort of said the first year of, of COVID meant that online education progressed five years earlier yes. than it would have done otherwise. <laughs> you know, there's those sort of statistics are often bandied around. But I do think that, you know, it's meant that online education is much, much more normalised now than, than it was. So people are much more likely to go and look for a course on whatever mm. it is they want to learn. Or go to YouTube and look for a video on whatever they want to learn. Um, and so I thought, actually, it would be a nice thing to, to do a course, to make a course for, to help people to make video. And originally, I just thought, well, I'll make another video-based course that, that I just sell asynchronously. And then I thought, no, it would be really nice, especially since I was then, you know, I wasn't working in Warwick anymore and I didn't have online, I didn't have classes per se anymore. I thought it'd be really nice to have a group programme. And I also thought that it would be better pedagogically because it seems to me that, you know, if you want to know how to make video, there are a million videos on YouTube that will teach you how to do that. Or you can go and do a course from Udemy pretty cheaply that will give you all the tips and tricks and tell you how to set your camera up and that sort of thing. But the problem I think for most people is not the technical side because actually the technical side isn't that hard you know, as you'll probably contest. <laughs> well,
1: you can teacher. say that with all your <laughs> experience All right.
2: Okay, but, but there are a few tips and tricks which make life easier. Once you realise about the layers in the editing and things like that, that helps. Um, but those things are pretty easy to learn. They're not, you know, they're not that tricky. It's just, okay, well, that's how, it, I didn't know that before and now I do know that. But what's hard, I think, is getting together the motivation to do it because imposter syndrome very quickly comes in when you see yourself on video and you think, oh, my word, do I really look like that? Or, oh, my word, do I really <laughs> sound like that? Or, oh, that just looks so amateurish. Or I can't, I've got no authority. This other person on YouTube is doing the same thing much better than I'll ever do it. Why on earth am I even bothering? All this kind of stuff starts to, you know, you, your inner troll starts to go berserk and, and scream at you and so I think it seemed to me that what would be a good idea what might work well would be for people to be in a group in, in the same sort of way that you learn to teach or learn to begin to be a teacher with celting I've got a lot of celter experience and that um, environment of being in a group doing something that's quite challenging with other people who are also doing the same thing that's quite challenging, falling into the same sort of holes, learning from the things that people do well, talking about together, it being supportive, it being motivating, it allowing you to reflect, it giving you the opportunity and the motivation and the need to reflect on your practice and take it forward a bit step by step. That seemed to me to be just a really, it has always seemed to me to be a really strong and powerful learning environment and so that's what I wanted to create and and that's what I think we did create together <laughs> yeah the 12 of <laughs> the 13 of us I suppose the 12 participants myself it, it was wonderful it
1: really worked well I I think can you we, tell we, listeners I, how or I could tell listeners how it yeah. worked because why don't you it, tell them the formula them. I mean yeah and no, no, the formula I think was really it's it wasn't it was quite similar to a Celta setup, mm-hmm. but it was without that um, without that pressure of Celta. Mm-hmm. It was and so all the positive things that are in a CELTA. So for example, we have we had the course, we had our coursework to do during the week, mm-hmm. and then we had our input session on on Sunday morning, and then we were broken. We were in smaller TP groups, I suppose. <laughs> VP groups, VP groups, yeah, VP groups. And in a little group of four, where we would um, talk about each other's videos, and it was really, for me, it was really, really motivating because obviously you, you, you had to do your work; if not, you wouldn't have anything to talk about in the mm. in the session, and. Mm. People in, a, in, in the group were just so supportive and, yes. you know, um, we really looked after each other. We, we gave each other feedback but obviously very, very... Um, there very wasn't really... Kindly. <laughs> yeah, it was all very kind and it was really... A, um, it fin- when it finished, I thought, oh, that's really sad. What am I going to do? <laughs> I miss, miss the group. I hope yeah. some of them will come in and say hello. Um, but it's interesting. No. I think the whole, yeah, you know, that that kindest thing, that yeah, because I think for me that was
2: also quite interesting as a difference from CELTA. So in CELTA you've got these forty-two criteria, you've got to do these forty-two things in order to pass the course, and and I think those things are all very reasonable things. I don't, I wouldn't disagree with any of the things that are on that list. But within this, I think video makers is a little bit different because it's very personal you could argue that teaching is very personal too and in the same way that there are some things about video making which I do think are probably good practice do make it more engaging if it's if there's more movement you know, if static images aren't very aren't very engaging and the audio needs to be reasonably good and you know there are things about lighting and and what the positioning and things that that help but none of this stuff is set in stone and everybody you know it was interesting how people got very ended up with very different styles and which is exactly as I think how I think it should be because we are all different and we and it's a more more unique thing I think perhaps even than than teaching because you're not sort of working from a from a course book or something so so it's a very unique thing and you've people have got a particular niche that they want to you know that they want to speak to and to some extent, therefore, I think that, you know, whilst I might say, oh, well, look, you might think about X, Y and Z. I think the really important thing was actually just to support, but just to give people that confidence to say that's actually great. You know, or somebody who says, oh, well, I really don't want to show myself. Why not? You look fantastic on video. <laughs> Be there. You know, people will like it. And, and, and that sort of or. or you know I'm thinking about trying that well try it give it a go we're in a safe space it it doesn't matter just try if it all goes horribly wrong you've learned something you know and I think that that sort of positive environment was really important because it is quite a vulnerable thing especially you're an experienced teacher you've gone along and you've you know carved yourself a a career where you you feel quite comfortable in the classroom, and suddenly you're doing something very different. Um, and certainly, what I found was when I started making videos. Part of the reason I liked it was was it was just so different. It was still teaching, but it was a very different way of, you know, how do I engage people when I can't engage them by my by the thought, brute force of my personality, or or seeing if they're bored and interacting with them. You know, how can I? how can I make sure that I'm engaging and I'm trying to engage people when I don't know what their, you know, what, what their perception is going to be?
1: It's quite well, like a different skill. I think and now with all, I mean, how many followers, followers do you have on YouTube? <laughs> on YouTube? Oh, about 30,000, nearly 30,000. <laughs> I'm aiming for 30,000 yes. soon so yeah. I think you must be doing something right there <laughs>
2: yeah well yes and no I mean you see all sorts of people with I mean I, do, I, I, I try not to to get too hubristic <laughs> about things because whenever you know my, my kids go oh mom you've only got you know a million views in total I'm like yeah well that's a million more than you've got <laughs> but, but, I, but I do realize that you know there are lots and lots of YouTubers who get a million views every week or probably every day and um so you know you just have to be a bit well a bit kind with yourself I think and sort of be happy with what where you are and I am and it, you know earns me an income so that's nice um but also kind of humble enough to kind of go well there's plenty of plenty of room for improvement now
1: <laughs> well yes no we can, we can all improve we've all had to go through I think so much in the last in the in the last yeah. couple of years, um, certainly online teaching was new to a lot of people. A but... lot. I mean, it's been
2: such a big steep learning curve for everybody, hasn't it? You know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I didn't realise that you had to put your you had to video record your lessons and put them online. That must have been horrific but well some. it was it was a lot of work i mean we 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 had the the,
2: the lectures had to go online and then the, the, as, asynchronously and then the seminars were usually well a mixture of you know not hybrid actually but some we, we, if we did seminars say three times for smaller groups then it would be maybe once was online and twice was face-to-face so it was smaller groups um it was a bit It was it was very difficult, and I at that point as well when everyone was in masks, I actually preferred doing the seminars online with people because at least you can see their faces. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if they turn the cameras on. (laughs) Well, yes, they did. The the ones that I had did, so that was that was okay. But yeah, absolutely, that's great. Yeah, very challenging times. Hmm.
1: We have and we've learned a lot. Joe. Um, we're just going to take a quick break to go mm-hmm. to the news and okay. we'll be back in about five to six minutes. OK. Good. See you in a minute. See you then.
0: This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from With Slack Group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more.
3: Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen great improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and Arc Schools. Book a demo at Uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
5: In Wales, new funding, believed to be around £15 million, will allow free school meals to be extended over the summer holidays. This comes on top of the already announced investment of hundreds of millions of pounds to expand free school meals to all primary school children. First Minister Mark Drapeford said, today's announcement does include 22.5 million to extend free school meals during the school holidays, through the Easter holiday and right through to the end of the summer holiday this year as well. That once again is money that goes directly to those families who will struggle the most in the face of the cost of living crisis. In Scotland, 1,324 school leavers from East Dumbartonshire went on to work, training or further study. These latest figures from the Scottish Government show a 6% rise in the number of positive destinations for young people, up to 98.6%, the highest in Scotland. Rona Mackay, MSP for Strathkelvin and Bearsden, said, I'm delighted that an incredible 98.6% of pupils across Eastern Bartonshire are going on to positive destinations, whether that be work, training or further study. This is a record-breaking, nation-leading figure and is a testament to the incredible work both our teachers, educators and pupils are carrying out in our communities. The transition for young people from school to adulthood is vital and the SNP is committed to getting this right for every young person across Scotland, no matter what their background. The figures were released last week in the Scottish Government's summary statistics for attainment and initial leavers destinations. March the 1st is National Offer Day in England where primary children find out if they got into the secondary school of their choice. If children miss out on their first choice school the decision can be appealed. The government website states the admission authority for the school must allow you at least 20 school days to appeal from when they send the decision letter. The admission authority will set a deadline for submitting information and evidence to support your appeal. If you submit anything after the deadline, it might not be considered and may result in delays to your hearing. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
0: This is Two Minute
4: Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello! Today I'm responding to a tweet from Michelle Stevens at M underscore Stevens zero pointing out to at Team English one that a lot of people don't know about the snipping tool, and she was compiling a list of shortcuts. The thread sparked a lot of fantastic responses and inspired today's Two Minute Tech. Today I present Getting Snippy with It. In Windows, a simple shortcut combo of Windows plus Shift plus S opens the snipping tool. The snipping tool is like an advanced version of print screen after the combo key press a small menu appears giving you five options rectangle select which is draw a box around what you want freeform select which is draw a shape around what you want window select which is pick the window you want to capture screen select which captures the full screen or replication of the print screen button some may say there's no point to this but stay tuned there is finally there's a cross to close and pressing escape can do the same thing if you have an interactive board you can pin snip and sketch to your taskbar right click the icon and select pin to taskbar now you can press it to make screen grabs and not have to go over to the keyboard. Snip and Sketch also gives you the ability to annotate on a screenshot. To make this even more powerful, Did you know, pressing Windows and V shows your last 25 captures to your clipboard. The first time you use this, you'll need to switch on the feature by pressing Windows and V, and agreeing to switch it on. Now you can take several screen captures and then paste them into the app you're presenting with. This can be very time efficient. For this week's visual version of the episode, I've made a series of clips and given some real-life examples of using the snipping tool, so don't forget to check out TT Radio 2020 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech.
0: Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And
3: we're back um, with Joe. you there, Joe? <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm still here. I'm still okay, here. That's great. I just had a, well, that's good I had a slight moment. of
2: panic. Panic? Um, no, 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 no. I'm still here. I'm still here. I thought that little uh, the two minute tech was really good. I, oh, I he's came
1: across. I came getting, getting snippy the, with it. <laughs>
2: yeah, the Windows Shift and S actually, I only discovered about two days ago. I don't know where I discovered it, so it's kind of ironic that it's come up. But I didn't know about the Windows V, so that was quite a nice. Um, a nice little thing to know always useful to have those little things
1: i was also thinking about um make, about being able to snip a circle i didn't know you could do that um or oh. snip snip shapes but i will have to go and have a look at it and um and find out sounds <laughs> fascinating <laughs> <laughs> yeah not that fascinating well, yeah, no,
2: sometimes those things are helpful you know and they they save time don't they
1: i think a lot yeah a, a, I liked, actually, with your course, I liked the technical side of things
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it, um, I'm really sorry about the door. It's okay. I did ask my son to, <laughs> to guard it. He's obviously gone into the kitchen to eat as usual. Well, there you go. You're saying to me, so
2: nobody's going to phone you. No, nobody's going to phone me. And my doorbell goes, <laughs>
1: learning new technical tricks uh, I find fascinating Maybe it's just yeah
2: me. I think I think it is got, the the editing stuff's quite nice if, well, if you don't know about it because it's you know it's interesting and it's very logical and once you you know sort of get into it it's it's very logical but you can make really nice effects and you can you start to be able to oh, deconstruct what other other people making videos are doing and how they're doing it it's and being able to do it yourself so I think that's that's great it makes it uh, it's just incredible actually what you can do in your own front room or bedroom or wherever you're going to do it with just essentially with just your laptop and maybe with a microphone that would help and maybe with a tripod but
1: that's yeah, about I mean, it even you well, really... you
2: your phone <laughs> it's just yeah absolutely you can do with the phone
1: these days. yeah now, Joe, you're doing a PhD because you do, you do like to keep yourself busy. You do, do
2: <laughs> like to keep yourself busy, yes. Yes, so I am. The PhD is looming large at the moment. So, I, when I started at Warwick, um, I'd only been there about two minutes, and one of my colleagues said, Are you interested in doing a PhD? And I said, Oh, I don't, don't know really maybe if I could get funding for it. And she said, oh, yes, there's, there's some funding you can apply for it through the ESRC. And so I, it was a competitive scholarship, and I applied for it. And I thought, well, if I get the scholarship, I'll do it. And if I don't get the scholarship, then I won't do it. Um, and so I got it. So that was very nice. I was very lucky. And I was also really lucky in that I'd started doing a module Called Teacher Education Development with Steve Mann, who is a fantastic uh, teacher, a fantastic lecturer, uh, a fantastic person, actually. Um, And I was sharing this module with him. I'd done the module myself, you know, two or three years previously, he'd been doing it with somebody else. And we worked really well together, we developed it, and I had this idea that the people in the teacher education development module, they were experienced teachers who were probably wanting to go on and do, be it be mentors or be teacher educators in the, in the future in their own context. But also within the uh, MAT cell programme, about half of the cohort, a bit more than half actually usually, were inexperienced teachers who were largely young Chinese women, not all, but largely. And they were following some of the same modules as the experienced teachers, but also some of their own. And in term two, they did a professional practice module, which was an action research thing in which they peer taught a lesson, recorded it, transcribed it, reflected on it, and then did it again later on in the term. Yep. Or did something similar in order to reflect on their progress. And so their assessment for that was based on their reflection of that action research project.
3: Mm.
2: And it so it occurred to wow. me the, this first year I was in I was working at Warwick, I thought, well, we've got all of these people who are novice teachers, they're inexperienced teachers. they haven't got any, they've got less than two years experience, but often no teaching experience. And they're doing this peer teaching. Thing. And then we've also got this TED module, the Teacher Education Develop module, that I was teaching with Steve, where you've got experienced teachers but who were inexperienced at mentoring or giving feedback.
1: <clears throat>
2: and so I thought, well, look, we're really missing a trick here. We should be putting them together, you know, yeah. because they could <laughs> both learn from each other. Both cohorts could learn from each other. So the experienced teachers could support the inexperienced teachers. That would be useful for the inexperienced teachers and the experienced teachers would also get some experience sorry I'm sounding a bit repetitive yeah, of uh, develop,
1: development of, for them
2: of, <laughs> of mentoring and it would be developmental for them exactly yeah. and so that just seemed to me to be so obvious and again i think it comes back to a really firm belief my philosophy of teaching and learning is absolutely about the practical and that's where you yeah, celta comes in and that's where voice comes in and that's where this comes in it's all really the same thing it's all Dewey esque practical learning um being given the opportunity to do what you're trying to do within a safe environment and given the opportunity to reflect on it learning something that you can put into that and doing it all again. I mean, that, it, it's exactly that, that mm. same uh, philosophy, really, of education. And so that's what I did. And, and so that was my PhD project. And so for five years, I ran this project where I got experienced teachers to mentor the inexperienced teachers. And I got them to record, the experienced teacher got them to record their interactions um, and they reflected on them, and I mentored them and talked to them about their development as mentors. So there was it was very much onion skins, you know, mentoring in mentoring in mentoring. They they mentored the inexperienced people. I mentored them. Steve mentored me as a as my supervisor. You know, there's just these onion skins of of people helping each other, and and it was really successful. It was, I think. A lot of people got a lot out of it and it was a joy to run. It was really exciting and interesting to run. So I've got a shed load of data. I mean, just so yeah, much data, you know of 70, 70 mentors over five years, over a period of five years. So um, obviously not all of them five years, You have five five cohorts, but in total 70 mentors. And so, you know, with all their recordings, there's a lot of data to wade through. But I think that I have, I'm now at a state where I'm just on the final push and, and finishing writing it up, which I hope to be done in the next three or four months, maybe. <laughs> um, famous last words and all that. Um, but if I say it out loud here, then maybe that's actually a good thing. I'll you've said it, you've in, said it in public now. Yes. said it in public,
1: yes. Um, you, you, when we talked about so a title it. for today, you suggested keep moving on. Mm. Um, and I think that, that really does sum up everything, apart from being busy, but to keep moving on. Yes. I, I mean, the, the your your research sounds brilliant the people in the research must have really got a lot from it and having worked with you um, I could think of no better person to to mentor um, because you are so um, you are so <laughs> supportive and um, and I'm sure that projected to you know 70 other people that they're going to be projecting that so it's it's building a really nice sort of pyramid of of support and development. Um,
2: it, it was lovely to work. But I had some fantastic people to work with from all over the world and with a lot of different experience. So it was fascinating, really, really interesting. I learned, yeah, you know, so much. So it was. It's been a very good thing for me too, definitely.
1: Definitely. Um, Graham Stanley's just uh, posted something, in the shift to online teacher education due to COVID. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I will post if people are interested. I'll post it in in the playback. Um, thank you. Thank you for that, Graham. Um, <laughs> I've oh, lost oh my, uh,
2: I've lost just, my, I've just seen the horse Yeah, but just in terms of what you said earlier about the, keep moving on, I think that for me has been something that I felt um, partly quite lucky about, but also I think, you know, you take the opportunities that you're given, but I genuinely feel that every year of my career, has been different. Even when I was working for an extended period of time at um, at Warwick or at Tully Hall College where I worked with you know, ESOL students, every year was genuinely different. I had different students, I had different challenges. And some of those challenges I made for myself, like doing the MA, and some mm. were lucky because they landed in my lap, like doing self-training, for example. But I think that you know, that would be my advice to people always, is just say yes if you're given the opportunity to to do something even if you think oh i don't know if i can do this i'm not really sure if someone's asked you to do it they think you can do it and you probably can and if you do it and you hate it well you can stop you know nobody's gonna force you to do it forever but (laughs) but i really think that that for me if you know if i've got young teachers who say you know what's your best bit of advice it's just say yes do it
1: um I couldn't couldn't agree with you, you. more, Joe. I always, I mean, I've always said that do something different every year. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah. if we, and and learn something new, yes, at least every year because yes, um, if not, because
2: because I say, I mean, some of the things you'll do, you'll find, you know, like I, I wrote IELTS Foundation with with Rachel and Andrew, and mm-hmm. and it was a good experience to do. I'm really happy I did it, but it wasn't really my cup of tea it's you know it, uh, writing course book material was I found it very challenging because you have to be so everything has to be so right I guess you know it was a year in the writing a year in the editing and the editing year seemed to be very long for me um, <laughs> I was heavily pregnant through most of it so that might have that might have had something to do with it but but I found I, I kind of thought okay well I'm glad I did that but I don't think I want to pursue that that route I'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. and that's but that's a lesson learned you know so everyone's going to be different everyone's going to find things that they really love doing and things they don't love doing so much and you try and aim for the ones for the (laughs)
1: former ones I guess Yeah, the, the the good things about writing, of course, because obviously that eventually the, the royalties come in, and you think, well, I've done that. And...
3: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, look, that absolutely. does take time. Yeah,
2: sure, but it's the same with you know with the with making an online course. And I suppose with making an online for me, yeah, you know, I love making online courses. That that doesn't bother me. That's and it's a very similar process in some ways, but you've just got much more control. It's mm. yeah, you know, it's your control. It and might not end up being such a great product because you haven't got somebody editing or other people giving feedback on it or whatever, but it's your product, whatever that is. And for me, I think that that's my personal, you know, the essay that that's not for everybody, but it is for me.
1: Joy, just to help our listeners, where can people follow you and find out more about what you do? We mentioned Digital huh. Nomad on um, uh, in- Instagram. So
2: Instagram. Instagram and Instagram under ELT training, one word, ELT training. Mm-hmm. at elt training oh actually i think i'm at jayga conger actually at instagram <laughs> um god that's not very very good isn't it i don't even know my own instagram account
1: don't um, worry about
2: that. your website anyway, though. i know it is elt training uh, but, the, but the main thing is the website which is elt-training.com and that's where all my stuff is really so everything that i have and do is on there all my courses are there the free stuff's on there The, the paid stuff's on there uh, if you sign up to the website, if you just enrol on the website, which you need to do in order to access any of the stuff, if it's free or whatever, then you'll get my newsletter every week. Um, and I've and all of the free stuff is also on YouTube, which is again under the channel E L T Training, one word E L T Training. And I'm on LinkedIn too, but that's fairly you know I don't do very much. I've just started to put my toe in the water there and and i keep thinking i should get into tiktok but i'm not there yet so so mainly (laughs) it's mainly it's the website that if i say if anyone wants to know what i was doing and facebook of course joga conga um uh, just look for joga conga and you'll find me it's the beauty of having an unusual name is that uh it's you're quite easy to find to find (laughs) so uh yeah if you put joga conga on on facebook i post there quite a lot too okay
1: Now, it has your second cohort filled for um, the video? No, nope, not not
2: completely filled yet. So there's still still a few spaces. So if anybody's interested, then do get in touch. I'd be delighted to to talk to you about it. Um, but um, I can I'm thoroughly
1: thoroughly to... recommend it. Um, That's great. Learned That's awesome. so Thank much you. and um, and really really enjoyed it. So. Um, it was. Yeah, I, I really
2: enjoyed doing it. Well, <laughs> so, I think when you get a group of people together who are really motivated and are working towards a common goal individually, then but you know towards something which is common, it, it's there is some sort of magic that that happens. I think group programs okay. like that can be. Yeah, you know, they don't always it doesn't always work. People don't always gel, and you know work better for some people than others. All that stuff. I'm not saying it's a utopia or, or a complete fix it but but it can be really magic and i i think we we managed to to make a, a you know a bit of magic in the last eight weeks so that was
1: well, i just think yeah i mean but there are people free in australia in new zealand bangladesh germany yeah,
2: Italy. Right. Italy, everywhere, yeah. I know, just, it was, it was, <laughs> it was it, Ireland, the UK, everywhere, so <laughs> it was a bit, uh, th- that sweet spot, the one, there was only really one sweet spot of where we could all be together in terms of a time zone, you know, sort of, I think it's nine o'clock in the morning in the UK and uh, 11, <laughs> 10, 10 o'clock at night in, in, uh, in New Zealand. But so it was a bit stretching it a bit, but just about okay for everybody.
1: And then you decided to go to Australia halfway through
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So time zones. Time zones are always interesting, aren't they? They make life interesting. They
1: are my weakness. I'm not very, Mm -hmm. very good with time zones at
2: all. I I, I was very careful about making sure that I had this time right. (laughs) was going to be... Here for you because honestly, <laughs> there are a couple of times that I've missed things because I've just been there an hour early or an hour late or something. I mean, Where is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, I've had that. Oh. I had that with the UK, um, and that's only an hour difference. Oh, right. okay. yeah.
2: I think because this is 11 hours, I keep thinking, well, is it, are we, you know, if it's seven o'clock, is it eight o'clock or six o'clock? Which way, yeah you know, which way around is it? I, um, but anyway, I managed,
1: so that's good. That's um I'm, and I'm, I'm so glad that you came um I, we could keep talking really um but we've actually got to the end and i haven't even asked you any silly questions oh.
2: um
1: but um okay I, i'm not going to ask you about a superpower because i know you have got superpower, and that is creating videos <laughs> oh thank you thank um, you uh,
2: what's not very super i
1: I also think i mean i think most teachers have superpowers in in that they are able to teach and i would probably put you up there with the top um yeah brilliant brilliant teacher and communicator and just wonderful i'm a fan uh, listeners if you haven't already noticed (laughs)
3: well
2: the, the feeling is very mutual so that's 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 great as i say i i wish i'd had your um your support when i was teaching primary school all those years ago because you know honestly looking at the the things you were making and talking about i thought that was really the sort of thing that i would have been very happy to have have had at the time it was a very lonely and stressful and challenging time for me probably the worst year of my life and and you know so i think i'm sure there are a lot of teachers out there who kind of feel the same way and would want support support value support
1: definitely i think we're we're all we all need support and just it's it's interesting how things have changed so much and that we're we're getting it from so many different (laughs) ends. yeah um, but it's it's great yeah yeah
2: and i think that is the real beauty of of the internet is that you know if you work in a supportive school then you always have that support, but a lot of people don't work in supportive schools, and so you know it. It's an a, gives you the opportunity to network with people who are inspiring and motivated, and therefore motivating. Mm. Um, you know, and and just interesting and who you can learn from and who you can, as I say, seek support from as well. And I I think that that's something that's incredibly valuable about. Yeah. About the internet and, and the more connected
1: world that we live in i totally agree I mean, i'm actually thinking back to my colleagues and, i mean they were all they were all so different but so inspirational um, mm-hmm. fantastic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes i hope i hope lauren if you're i don't know if lauren's listening but i hope she's yeah. not underwater not underwater i know <laughs> that was um, yeah I saw some of the footage, and it just—it's it, extraordinary. It but anyway, is extraordinary. So I hope that I do hope that cloud shifts for you. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for for coming and sharing your knowledge and and telling us about what you're doing. It's all so inspirational, and it's um, been an
2: absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: When you finished your PhD, mm-hmm. it would be wonderful to have you back to hear. About your findings, that would be absolutely um, yeah
2: fascinating. Yeah, no, I'd I'd love to do that. That'd be great. Give me give me six months or so, and I'll be uh, (laughs) I should be done. So uh, yeah, my my deadline is September. That's when my funding finishes. So I feel like I have to finish by September. So that's um that's my that's the final line in the sound. well so i'll like see you see you in, in september
1: <laughs> right, right. okay thanks very much um lovely to chat to you thank you for coming and um see you again soon okay lovely okay. thank you okay. so bye, bye. Dro- oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, thank you, everybody. Um, I'm going to close the show next week. I will be talking to to Tom Kittle, um, more about that online. Um, thanks, everyone, for coming. Thank you, Joe, for coming. And I'll see you at the same time next week. Bye. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org.